Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for 2022. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. It's an absolute pleasure to be back in 2022. It's the third season of the podcast. The team list had just dropped. The NRL season is just over two days away from starting. Gotta love Team List Tuesday. There's some huge news out of it, including Nathan Cleary going to miss the first three weeks of action for the Panda of Panthers. We're going to discuss that. But Steve's NRL Footy Tips is back for another year. We're going to have some great guests joining us that will start in a couple weeks. I think in round three, we've got a couple good guests coming back on the show. Some new segments, including a player profile segment, which will begin today with... Um, you know, key figure of this weekend's matchups. I'm also going to be giving my super coach predictions, who to buy in super coach this season, and Steve's best bets of the week returns in 2022. There's a lot to look forward to. I'm excited. I'm ready to get into the round one action and preview round one of the NRL. But before we do so, please remember to like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. That is the best way to stay notified with all the latest shows dropping and all the announcements about this show. We're over 600 likes. I want to thank you guys so much for all the support you've shown me over the first two years of the podcast. Please jump aboard if you haven't liked that page and subscribe and leave a review. It's really important, guys, if you enjoy the show, to subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, any of the major podcast streaming networks. Before we get to my round one footy tips today, um, I just finished the 16 season previews for every team where I think they're going to finish in 2022, how I think their season's going to go. Go and check all those episodes out. Every team's got one. They're about 15 minutes long and they're all available on those uh, podcast platforms. But before we get started, speaking of those season previews, I just want to give you a recap. So if you don't want to know the uh, where I think the ladder's Everybody's going to fall. Check out those episodes first for an in-depth conversation about the teams. But my predicted ladder for 2022, I'm going to announce. In in 16th spot, I've got the North Queensland Cowboys. 15th, I've got the West Tigers. 14th, the Newcastle Knights. 13th, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. In 12th, I've got the New Zealand Warriors. In 11th, I've got the Canterbury Bulldogs. In 10th, I've got the Gold Coast Titans. In ninth place, just missing out on top eight. I went back and forth on this decision a lot. The Canberra Raiders and my top eight. In number in eighth position, the Brisbane Broncos. In seventh, the Manly Seagulls. In sixth, the Cronulla Sharks. Fifth is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Fourth, the Melbourne Storm. Third, last year's premiers, the Penrith Panthers. The Grand Final runners-up, the Parramatta Eels. And in first place, and as the premiers in 2022... I'm predicting the Sydney Roosters. All right, well, those are my predictions for the season as a whole. But as I said, round one, it's about to kick off in two days. So much team news out there. Let's get to it right now with the opening game of the 2022 Telstra Premiership. It all starts on Thursday night. I cannot wait. Let's get to it. And the season will kick off. On Thursday night from Bluebet Stadium up there at Penrith when the reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers, host the Manly Seagulls at 8.05pm on Thursday night. And, well, the NRL news for the team list all came in this afternoon and the biggest of all of them was that Nathan Cleary will miss the opening three rounds at least of this competition due to the Panthers wanting to ease him back 
from his off-season shoulder surgery, which is probably a smart move by Penrith, all things considered, but it makes this match even bigger now on Thursday night because Penrith, they're without their leader. They're without Cleary and, um, you know, James Fisher-Harris and, and Corsia. They've got other leaders there, but... Their Clive Churchill medalist, one of the best players in the NRL, missing against Manly, and it really opens the door up for Manly. They have a real big opportunity in this game to make a immediate statement and, you know, start the season with a huge upset. On the team list, it looks like Sean O'Sullivan has been named as the replacement to Cleary. He's a bit of a journeyman, um, young, inspiring playmaker there. Uh, for the Panthers, he's just joined the club and he gets an instant opportunity to work with all these premiership winners. They've named uh, Isaac Targo as their centre to replace Matt Burden and Stephen Crichton will shift back into centre with Charlie Staines earning a reprieve because of the departure of Paul Monotrosky. So the Panthers, apart from that, they're looking full strength, ready to go. But obviously Nathan Clear is a huge loss and they're going to be versing a side that in the Manly Seagulls that want to improve on 2021. They had a fantastic second half of the year ever since Tom Sorovich came back in round six last year. They looked almost unstoppable until the finals and then CS eliminated them in the prelims. But if there's one criticism that Manly got in 2021, it was that they did not aim up against the heavyweights of this competition. And they have a chance here with Nathan Cleary. Cleary might be out, but Penrith is still the benchmark of this competition and Manly has such a big opportunity to really upset the apple cart and, you know, start asking questions on this whole competition. If they can beat Penrith to start the season, it will send shock waves throughout the NRL and they're going to be boosted uh, by Olukwatu being named in the second row. There was reports that he wouldn't be right for a few weeks, but he has been named to play. Ethan Bullimore will be the other second row, but other than that, all their big guns on deck. Tom Tarovic is in the side, obviously. Four and a cherry Evans in the halves. And, um, you know, this is a very similar side to what we saw go down to the Rabbitohs in the prelim. But it's going to be a determined, hungry side to go even better and start the year off a lot better than they did in 2021 where they lost their first four matches. Speaking of merely opening seasons, they've only actually won four out of their last 14 round one games. So that is the worst in the NRL from the last 15 years, and they're going to be out to um, to start a lot better this season. They've named the young Koala on the bench. He's a young, promising back role, so that's an interesting decision over Dylan Walker, who doesn't appear to be in the 25, so I'm not sure if he's injured Walker, but he is not in the 17. Um, but really, that's the only major change. The rest of the bench, they've got Lawton, Kepi, and Paseca. So they're going to be full guns aboard, and it's going to be a, a great game of football to kickstart the season. I mean, you look at these two teams, and you've got to think, well, it's a battle of the forward pack. I mean, the likes of Leota and Harris going against Tapio and Jay Tarovic, and then you've got the explosiveness of Kikia versus Olakuatu. I can't wait for that battle, assuming Olakuatu does play in this one. Uh, Isaiah Yo, Jay Tarovic, they're two of the best locks, other than Kim Murray running around for the Blues, and... You know, it's just going to be... I expect fireworks to start the year. I expect it to be a, a very physical battle up front. And then it's going to be interesting to see what playmakers, what forward pack gets over the top of the other one, who can make the early yardage and win that battle. And then the playmakers will come involved. And there's some exciting ones. I mean, if Manly can get over the top of this feared Penrith forward pack and get give some space to Tommy and, and Cherry Evans to work their magic, 
then they can take an early lead in this game mainly. And if they start the game off well, I think that Penrith will have a real hard time stopping them and, and getting it back, especially if you're out there, main man Cleary. A lot of pressure is going to be on Jerome Luai in this game because he's going to be partnered with Sullivan, but you've got to expect that Luai's got to be the man to control this side. Him and Appy Chorus here have to be... Um, Handling a lot of the possession, getting the balls to their big forwards and knowing when to spread the ball. And those two men are going to be crucial in this contest if, if Penrith are going to start off with a victory for the season. But I'm excited for this contest. I mean, I'm just excited to see uh, what mentality Penrith come, what, what both sides really come, what mentality they start the season with. Penrith are going to have all sorts of pressure, as I said, all, in the season previews that I did for them. All these other teams are going to be out gunning for them and... It's going to be interesting to see how they respond without their leader at the start of the year. I mean, their forward pack, it's going to be intimidating as always, but they have, you know, some experienced backs there, but they've also got some youth. I mean, Sullivan, Targo, Staines, they haven't really played in the Penrith system before. Um, I think that Staines and Targo can be defensive targets um, that Manly might be able to exploit with the football in hand, and if... Tommy Shrovich sees a weakness, I'm sure he'll take it and spread it out to the likes of Harper and uh, Saab, and they can cause some damage there for Manly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle. Manly, you've got to come through the mentality that they've got to go better than 2021 in terms of they've got to really put the sword to some of these heavyweights, and they're not going to have a better opportunity than round one against Penrith without their main man. So, um, you know, is, is Cleary... Is Cleary as big to Penrith as Man as Tommy is to Manly because if he is, I know he's a great player, but if he's that influential, then Penrith could be in all sorts of trouble in this contest. I'm actually gonna tip Penrith. I think that they're gonna start the year um like they finished it and I just question whether Manly can match them um and that intensity in the first twenty minutes. I think that Penrith's forward pack is just way too big and way too powerful for Manly's that Manly's going to really have to step up to stop that forward momentum of Penrith. I think Sullivan is a handy backup half. I think Luai really gets a chance to control the team. And I think they've just got too many big guns at the moment and too much momentum to be stopped by this Manly Sea Eagles forward pack. And if Manly's forward pack does get dominated, then it really will lessen the impact that Tom Shorovich can have on this contest. So it's important that they really aim up and, and Foran and Cherry Evans are going to have to be at their best um, to kind of fool Dylan Edwards and and find some grass on their clearing kicks. But I think that Penrith just continue the momentum. I've got Penrith by eight points in this contest to start the season. There'll be questions asked about Manly if they get flogged to start the year. Um, obviously, you know, it's more telling for them because no clearing for Penrith means if Penrith lose, then... You know, they've still got their captain and most influential player to come back into the squad. But for Manly, it's a big challenge for them. We'll see if they can step up and they can handle the pressure. I think that they've got some, still got some learning to, to do um, in competing and some ways to go to compete against the heavyweights of this competition. I've got Penrith by eight points in the opening match of the season, but it should be an explosive, entertaining encounter. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, if Tommy brings his best, then Manly are definitely a chance. The first match of Friday Night Football is coming up next, and that will be the Canberra Raiders hosting the Cronulla Sharks. But before we get to that game, the new coach of the Cronulla Sharks, Craig Fitzgibbon, is going to be the subject of my first ever player profiles. And this in this segment, it's going to happen every two weeks. It's going to alternate between 
a match rewatch, a classic match rewatch, which I do every second week, which there will be the first one coming next week. I'll reveal what that game's going to be later if you guys want to watch it throughout the week and we can discuss it. But every two weeks, I'm going to be looking at a player or a legend of the game and really just having a look at their career and their impact on the sport. And Craig Fitzgibbon is an important subject to uh, start the year off because he's about to coach his first official NRL head game with Cronulla Sharks. I mean, he's been in the system for a few years in his coaching career. He was uh, the coaches of, a coach of country for a few years there, starting in 2015. And he's been assistant coach of the Roosters there for a while. And he finally gets his opportunity in the top grade to lead an exciting Cronulla side, which he's already put his input in the team on. I mean... I think his presence was extremely influential with some of their signings like Finucane, McInnes, and Nico Hines that are coming to the club this year. But it's important to fit and remember that Craig Fitzgibbon was an extremely successful player in his playing career. I mean, he played 19 matches for Australia, 11 games for New South Wales, won a premiership with the Roosters, was a Clive Churchill medalist winner in that game against the Warriors and the Roosters in 2002. And he started his career at the Dragons back in 19... Or the Steelers, sorry, back in 1998 for his first season. He was the club's top point scorer, I believe, in his first year. Um, and he was the Rookie of the Year in the AR, in the NRL that year. So it was a promising start. He played in the 1999 Grand Final that St. George went down in and then moved to the Roosters in 2000 where he really made his legacy as one of the most hard-working forwards in the game. I mean, his work rate was enormous... He averaged about 30 to 40 tackles a game, breaking tackles. He was a damaging run of the football, and he was a bit of an explosive weapon there um, in attack. I mean, he had a good partnership with guys like Rickerson and Brad Fittler at the club, and it saw him win the um, 2002 Clive Churchill because he was just inspirational in that win over the Warriors because um, it was a close grand final points, and his leadership just kind of moved the Roosters forward. I mean... He played for him. I mean, his legacy will be that he will be a rooster. He played for him for 10 seasons. I mean, he played 229 games for the club, scored 37 tries, 664 goals. Overall, he played, um, what was it, over, I think it's, yeah, yeah, he played. So he played 35 games for the Steelers and Dragons, combined 229 for the Roosters. So he's one of those replays to play over 250 games in the NRL. And, um, you know, it's just a great a great career. It he went over Super League and, and finished his career over there, but I mean you talk about an influential player in the field and he just led by example. He had the he was the ultimate professional, ultimate hard worker, and I think that he'll really bring that aspect of his game over to his coaching career in twenty twenty two. And I think that Craig Fitzgibbon's gonna be a great coach in the NRL. You know, he's got an exciting young team there at Cronulla and um, I think the future's bright for him as head coach. I think he's a legend of the game. He's one of the best second roles of the 21st century. And I think that uh, if you're a newer fan and you don't know some of Craig Fitzgibbon's work, go and watch some of them on YouTube because, you know, he was a bit of a quiet achiever. He was a rare second role that kicked goals and he was a good, very good goal kicker, but his work rate was phenomenal and he was a very key component in that successful Roosters team that made three consecutive grand finals from 2002 to 2004. So um, Craig Fitzgibbon, he's an absolute legend of the game. I can't wait for his coaching debut, but that was the debut episode of Steve's Player Profiles. All right, back to the action now. We're going to preview the first of the two Friday night games. So the first of the two big Friday night games to kick off the season will begin at 6 p.m. 
at Geo Stadium up there in Canberra, and the Canberra Raiders host the Cronulla Sharks. And this is a huge game for both clubs to start the season. They finished ninth and tenth respectively at the end of 2021. They both are anxious um, to start their season. They both want to make up for a disappointing 2021 campaign, and both are looking to make the finals. If you guys listened to that player profile I just did on Craig's Fix Given, then he's going to be making his coaching debut for the Cronulla Sharks. If you didn't know, and you know, a lot of the off-season talks been on Cronulla and uh, their exciting signings. They've got Moyland at 5'8". This week, he's been named with Nico Hines. And uh, that new look-cast combination is going to take a while to establish yourself, but it's a really exciting one. And it's going to be interesting to see how Nico Hines really controls that game and Cronulla's attack on Friday night. They also bring Dale Finucane in. Cameron McInnes, of course, is going to miss the opening of the season. But... Fudnukin leads a damaging forward pack. Guys like Rudolph, Hemingway, Ueli, Nakora, Teague Wilson. They've got a really strong bench. Guys like Hafida, Royce Hunt, Talakai, Tolman. It's a workhorse bench that Cronulla have got. And, um, if Canberra are going to match their forward pack, they're going to have to be after the challenge. They've got a decent one themselves. But that Cronulla forward pack is something that, um, that on paper looks extremely dangerous. And, you know, their spine, we'll see how they all... Combine the likes of Braley and Moylan and Hines and Kennedy, but I mean, you can already see that I, that I think that Craig Fitzgibbon is going to put his hard working kind of attitude into his NRL club, and they're looking like a dangerous outfit in 2022. But they've got a tough assignment because they're traveling to Canberra for the first game of the year, and I just expect the Canberra ambush here. I just there's something in the air that tells me that Canberra are not satisfied with that mediocre season they had in 2021. I mean, they were. Not robbed, but they were very unlucky in the 2019 NRL Grand Final. 2020, they made the prelims. The Storm eliminated them. The Storm won the comp that year, as we all know. And last year, they were full of expectations. They didn't deliver. Um, and Ricky Stewart is going to be desperate to start the year off well, or he's going to be under pressure. The whole club's going to be under pressure if they are contenders in 2022. And you can tell by what Ricky Stewart's named in his lineup this week by looking at their lineup. There's some interesting names. There's some youth there. They've named the likes of Velamate, Timiko. Um, but there's some players on debut in the starting team. And James Schiller is a player I'm not too familiar with, but he's um, a kid that's kind of been <laughs> plodding his way through first grade, uh, through the, sorry, through the younger grades and, and New South Wales Cup. And he finds himself in an opportunity because he's going to be starting over established over 250 game campaigner Jared Croker. She's been a mainstay for the Canberra club. For the last couple uh, for the last 10 to 15 years i know that he's been injury prone for the last few seasons i know his form hasn't been great but that is a huge decision by ricky stewart brad snyder obviously making his debut as well that was confirmed that he would be about a week ago because jamil fogarty their key signing this year their starting halfback is actually um being injured and he's going to be out for the first three to months for three to four months of this competition so i mean just to add to Canberra's pressure, they've got all this youth coming in the side versus a side full of expectation in Cronulla that it's really important for the likes of Papali and Tarpanay and Corey here and here and Whitehead not to get bullied by this uh, fearsome Cronulla forward pack that they've managed to assemble here for this year. So it's going to be a good battle up front and, you know, travelling to Canberra is never easy. It's why I'm reluctant to, uh, even though I think Cronulla's going to go better this season, I'm reluctant to tip them because... I mean, Canberra, I think they're going to be able to make a statement early up and, and show the likes of Hodgson and Papali and 
those and Jack White and all those guys didn't have great seasons in 2021. I think they're going to be up for the challenge and up up to show that last year wasn't uh, defining where they're at in their careers, and they've still got plenty to offer at the NRL level. Wyden needs to get back to that 2020 Daly M form, that 2019 Clive Churchill form, and uh, you know he's going to be have to be the guiding presence for young Schneider, who might do a lot of the kick and control the game. You want Jack Wyden to to play his natural style of football, but that, that half battle is going to be interesting because you got. Two harsh combinations that have never played together. Wyden and Snyder versus Moylan and Hines. We know how great Hines can be with the football in hand, but can he control the team around? Um, I think he's definitely got in to learn, but is he going to get it straight away? I think both teams are going to have to work out the kinks of, of these new combinations, and it's going to take a little bit of what, uh, time, which means we might see a little bit of unorganized football. I mean, the Sydney and Queensland Rivers have been horrible the last week or two, and if it's raining in Canberra, we could see some sloppy football at times, but I think it's going to be a highly entertaining game. I think the sky's the limit for this Cronulla side over the next few years, but I actually am going to lean towards tipping Canberra in this contest. I think that they're going to be up for the challenge. It's going to be a little bit of an ambush, and I've got Canberra winning this game by four points. I think it's going to be a classic encounter, but I think Canberra got more to play for at the moment. I reckon they're, they're up for the challenge, and they're out to prove that, uh, that they're better than you know, what last year showed. So I've got Canberra four points in this one. All right, straight after Canberra v Cronulla, Friday night football continues at 8.05 up there at Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos host last year's grand finalist, the runners-up, South Sydney Rabbitohs. And big game for both teams to start the season. Obviously, no Adam Reynolds for the Broncos. There was rumours he could play after contracting COVID-19 last week and that he had no symptoms, but... Apparently, he's not in the 21-man squad. Um, Bridgman have instead opted to go Billy Walters and Albert Kelly, and uh, Pacella's going to start because of the suspended flagger. Uh, they've also got Kurt Capewell making his debut for the club, and some young kids, guys like Salem Cobbo and uh, T. Rabardi and Tyron Roberts as well, um, all get a chance to shine there at the Broncos in their system, so... It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Brisbane in general this season because it's been a, a terrible few years. And, you know, Brisbane as a as a club and as a culture up there, um, the community expects better from them. And, you know, it's a make or break year for them and a make and break year for Kevin Walters. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him to uh, make his club perform. And they're versing last year's runners-up who also... Um, are kind of in the make-or-break season for themselves. I mean, they've lost a lot of star here, the Rabbitohs. We know that they've lost Reynolds, Sewer, Benji Marshall, Dane Gagai, but the key loss, Wayne Bennett, no longer at the helm. Jason Demetrio is going to be making his first-grade debut as coach, and um, apart from two games where Bennett didn't coach in 2020, but it's going to be uh, an interesting battle, this one, because these two usually have a history of producing good contests, and... Walker and Ilias um, versus Walters and Albert Kelly. Again, two harsh combinations that have both never played together. And Walters and Kelly are both kind of going to have to work together, but they're also going to be in competition to try to get that spot um, in 5-8 when Reynolds comes back into the team. So it's going to be interesting to see how both of those guys play. Ilias is a promising young kid, but uh, he needs to work on his game organisation a little bit and take some pressure off Cody Walker, who I'm sure he'll relish the challenge but we know that Walker plays better when he's playing his natural running game. So the Haas combination is going to be a big battle in this contest. I mean, the Rabbitohs have actually named Tane Milne um, 
on the wing and, and Jackson Paulo to replace Gagai in the centres. They've actually named Milne over Josh Mansour, who formed himself in the air to there at Souths. Um, but Cam Murray, their big their inspirational captain, he's uh, has been named despite shoulder surgery, similar to what Cleary had to undertake last year to back up and play this game and start the season. If there's one thing where one area where I reckon the Rabbitohs have an advantage over Brisbane in this game, it's their bench rotation. I mean, if you look at their bench compared to the Broncos, the Broncos have Ryan James, Reese Kennedy, Ribardi, and Tyron Robertson. There's nothing wrong with that bench. There's some workhorses there, some young talent. But you compare it to the Rabbitohs, Jacob Host, Havili, Tom Burgess, Michael Cheekham, they're, Cheekham, they're all experienced first graders now. The impact that Tom Burgess had from the bench, and even Jacob Host to a lesser extent last season for the Rabbitohs, was one of their key points where they made a charge to the grand final because Tom Burgess would come on, he would make 230 metres, Host would come on and give the likes of Kalal Matangi a break. And um, I just feel like that forward rotation is going to be very important for CS. It's important for their forward pack to get on a roll early in this contest because while they've got Cook and Walker there, they've also got Ilias and Taff. And um, there's going to be pressure on those guys. Taff did a really good job there last year, but... I think the veterans here at South Sydney need to step up and take the leadership that they're going to be missing because of Adam Reynolds' departure. And I think that um, they've got such a tough month of football ahead of them, so they've got After this game, they've got the Storm in Melbourne, then the Roosters, then Penrith. This shapes as such an important game for the Rabbitohs, and I think they know that. I think they'll be out to start the season on a high. And, and Brisbane, they're improving all the time, but... You know, they put all this money into Reynolds. He's not going to be there. I think an upset's possible by Brisbane, but I think they're going to have to play their best football to go. And they, they play too sideways. They don't play straight enough. And I think Adam Reynolds, what he will do is he'll simplify everybody else's job when he comes back and um, and straighten the attack up a little bit. And their forwards are going to have to step up to match Sears. I don't know if they got it in them. I know Payne Huss and, and Capewell and Carrigan, those guys will be aiming up. But... Uh, See us, they, uh, they rely on their forward pack to get them metres and then get those playmakers involved, and I don't know if Brisbane will be able to stop them. I've got CRC sitting in this game by 10, but it's a very important game for the Rabbitohs. Make no mistake about that, and the Broncos are going to be an easy challenge to kickstart the season. It's my favourite time of the week. That's right, it's the first Super Saturday of the year. I'm excited, um, and the action will kick off from the Sydney Cricket Ground at 3pm when the Sydney Roosters host the Newcastle Knights and... For the Roosters, um, they're what a lot of people think to be the premiership pick, the favourites to win this competition. They've got all their injured stars back, apart from the ones that retired. But, I mean, it's going to be an exciting combination seeing the likes of Tedesco, Walker, Keary, and Connor Watson all kind of line up together. they got big hitters back on board, like Lindsay Collins, him and Hargraves. Are, they're starting props to PR Radley. I mean, it's just a, no matter where you look, this this pack and this side in general, it's just got excitement written all over it. I mean, they've named Billy Smith in the centres with Monoroski, meaning that Suwali and Kevin Nagamo are starting the year in reserve grade, but that just shows you the, and even Adam Keegan, but that just shows you the high class of talent and the amount of resources the Roosters have at their disposal this year. I think they're going to be contenders for the Premiership. I think they're, they actually might tip to win the Premiership, as you heard at the start of the podcast. And the question mark for this game is whether the Newcastle Knights can match him. I mean, no uh, Mitchell Pearce, so the pressure is definitely going to be in the halves of Clifford and Clune to uh, really make their 
make a statement on this game and make an impression. Um, they've got to control the team around well, and it's important for their forward pack not to get lost by this damaging Roosters forward pack that could really just charge all over them. The likes of Clement, Safidi, Brothers, and Priscell and Lockman Fitzgibbon, they really need to step up because the Roosters have so much power and so much size that Newcastle could find themselves in trouble very early in this game. They've got their new captain in Caelan Ponger as well. He's going to have to lead some of these young guys and the experienced heads and um, keep him in this contest by having a great performance. I mean, he's versing one of the best in the business in James Tedesco. And let's be honest, Ponger, 2021 wasn't his best year. Sometimes he seems to be lost in matches and you don't really see much of him. This is a chance for him to prove himself um, to start the season and show that he's going to have a big year. But Sydney Cricket Ground, the Roosters have such a great record there. And I just don't see the Newcastle Knights getting anywhere near the Roosters. It's a quick match prediction, this one. But I've got the Roosters by 30 in this contest. I just I just fear for the Knights this season, and I just don't know how they can match the Roosters at any point in this contest. I mean, we all know the start's going to be the, the most important part, but I don't even know how long they'll be able to keep this Roosters side out for. So I just think it's going to be one-way traffic, and I think that's all going to be the Roosters. I think oh, the Roosters by 30. So the action continues on Super Saturday when the New Zealand Warriors host the St. George Illawarra Dragons up there at the Sunshine Coast, their home base for the season up there at Redcliffe um, at 5.30pm. And the Warriors there have had a few of their star recruits for round one. No Reese Walsh, no Matt Lodge, both are suspended. They've named Chanel Harris-Tavita back there in the fullback position. Nick Arima and Johnson, who's returning to the club, will be their halves. And... Um, Wade Egan will line up as their hooker. So that's their spine. They've named a pretty good side. They've named a very forward-heavy bench. Guys like Tavita, um, Jazz Tavunga, sorry, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Penye, and Sirenen. They seem like they've got a lot of size out there, the Warriors, like they did in the last couple of years. The worrying sign for them in that regard is that these forwards seem to get fatigued quickly in matches, especially in hot contests last year when the the sun was out. And... Um, Hopefully they're a little bit more fit this year and ready to play their best brand of football. They've named a few young guys, guys like Rocco Berry and uh, Vallier, get their opportunity in the centres. And Generally, I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to the table this year, the Warriors, because it's a bit of a make-or-break year for them as well. They had a big season. They got their main man, Johnson, back at the helm there of the club, and Nathan Brown's going to be hoping to get the best out of him and best out of their combination, because on paper, this Warriors side's got plenty of talent, but they're versing a team in the St. George or Dragons that have great trial form heading into the season. They looked good halfway through the season before the barbecue incident last year. Um, and they've got some exciting young prospects where they've named them in their starting lineup. Tyrell Sloan, outstanding form at the back end of last year. Great form in the trial. He's going to be their starting fullback this year. Uh, Matt Dufty's left the club, so Sloan gets his spot to make that fullback jersey his own. Amone Gets a, his chance, the young kid, starting 5'8 with Ben Hunt, who was in superb form last year. Um, and we'll see how they can bind up Andrew McCulloch there in the spine. And the amount of forwards that the Dragons have signed in the offseason, they've got Woods, they signed Molo, has actually kept George Burgess out of the uh, the lineup altogether as he tries to, you know, reignite his uh, first grade career in 2022. But they've got the likes of. Molo Kirk, Wowski on the bench. Ambai is going to be the utility for him. And Jack Bird finds himself transitioned into, into the second row as well. Um, with Sua, the new recruit. Sims not in the squad. Apparently he's returning from an injury. But overall, this Dragons team looks like they're up to the challenge. And, you know, they're looking like they're 
they could potentially get into finals contention in, in 2022. There's a lot of talk around town here in Wollongong that this is the season where the Dragons get back on track and a lot of fans excited for the season. I had them finishing 13th, but I admit they played really good in the Charity Shield. They finally won that contest, beating the Rabbitohs for the first time in 10 years. They looked really good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go because they've got a early season trip up there in Queensland and I believe, you know, they usually a decent success of the Broncos, but they kind of hit or miss up there um, in Queensland. So we'll see how they go up there in the Sunshine Coast. So I'm excited. I'm ready to go and um, for this contest. I think it's going to be an entertaining affair. Um, could really go either way this game. I think this is one of those kind of toss-up matches for the round. I'm going to go to the Dragons just based on what I saw in the preseason. Their preseason form can be a little bit deceiving at certain points, but... Um, I like what I see. I think Stallone's going to have a really good impact on this side. And if Ben Hunt can continue that form that he had at the back end of 2021, I think we're in for a good season for the Dragons um, in terms of improvement. I don't know how much it will reflect the latter. But for the Warriors, I think it's just important to get a hit out, get these com- new combinations, some time together, especially Nick Arima and Johnson. And then um, they get two of their leaders back in Walsh and Lodge next week. But I expect it to be an entertaining game. It could go either way. I've got, just got the Dragons by two points in this one. Which leads us to the final game of Super Saturday, and the action will kick off at 7:35 PM at Combank Stadium, um, the new name for the uh, Tigers' home ground up there at Leichhardt. They're hosting the Melbourne Storm, and it's going to be no easy task, that's for sure, because the Storm they haven't lost a round one game with Craig Bellamy as the coach ever. They haven't lost a round one game in general since 2002, the year before Bellamy got there. But the good news for the Tigers is that the Storm aren't going to be at full strength this week. No Cameron Munster. He is out suspended. No Chris Lewis. No Harry Grant. He's also out suspended. So, two troops missing there for Melbourne. They've named Nick Meaney at 5'8", which is a really interesting decision. Um, not traditionally a 5'8", so it'll be interesting to see the rotation. The son of Rod Wishart, Tyron Wishart, gets his opportunity in first grade. He will be making his debut off the bench from this week, and Jaden Nicarima will be joining him in his first game in the NRL for three seasons. So... Um, giving these young guys a bit of an opportunity there, Bellamy, this week. Josh King is another young player that gets his opportunity to start at lock for him. But really, the crux of this Storm team, apart from Munster and Grant, still remain. They've got, you know, that forward pack guys like the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, Brandon Smith, Christian Welsh, all still here lining up for him. Jerome Hughes and Pabahousen, who was in doubt for this game, he's been named, but it's good to see them both on board. And I feel like uh, the Tigers are up. Uh, up in it this week. I think they're they're ready for a big challenge. I think they're ready to show their home fans and and especially Michael Maguire, who's you know his job has been under pressure. That's no secret. I think they're up to uh, make a good impression to start the year, but it's a tough first opponent to go up against, and it will be interesting to see Laurie back on board. I mean, he had a great season. I think he was the rookie of the year last year, even despite the injury. They gave it to Sam Walker, but he had a great season. I'm looking forward to his first full season in the NRL and Hastings and Brooks. We'll see how they go. It's really a make or break in in Brooks' career. If uh, this season goes sour, it could really spell the end of his career. I don't know how many more chances he can get to impress Brooks. Um, Simkin at Hooker, big season for him as well. But Jackson Hastings, all eyes are going to be him on him coming back over from England, uh, where he made some some good things there, some good decisions for Wigan and especially the Southford Reds. Um, he was very, he looked very good over in the Super League, and we'll see if he can bring that form back in the NRL. He seemed like he played pretty well in the trial last uh, two weeks ago, so 
We'll see if he can lead this young side because it is a young side. They've got guys like Stefano, uh, Tulaki, um, Joe Fangiaki, Luke Garner, Musgrove. They've got an early experience, but they're still a pretty young side. We'll see what difference he can make to this squad. And for the Tigers fans, all I'd say is you just want improvement in 2022. You just want a side that's going to be competitive. And that's basically what Michael Maguire said earlier in the week. You want a side that's going to be competitive and just show up for each other each week. And you're not going to win all these games, that's for sure. And I don't see he's beating Melbourne round one, but you just want some improvement. If they can start this game, start the first 20 to 30 minutes well and really test the Melbourne Storm defensively, then it's promising signs for the season for the Tigers. I've got the Storm in this game by 18 points, but I think that a lot of those points can come late. I don't think the Tigers will make it easier for the, easy for the Storm, but I think the Storm will just have too much at the end for the old West Tigers who... Um, as I said, they just want improvement to start their season. All right, so we've still got two games to end the round, but before we do so, please go and like my other podcast, What Have We Been Watching? Movie Podcast. We're taking a little bit of a hiatus at the moment. Basically, every fortnight we rank a movie topic. We really deep dive into it. We talk about a lot of different topics each week. Sometimes we're ranking Marvel movies. Sometimes we're ranking Disney movies. Sometimes it's action. Sometimes we look at a person's career, like Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, we got plenty of episodes in the library to go and check out now. We'll be back soon with more What Have We Been Watching. Um, but please subscribe to that and uh, help my podcast evolve. And I appreciate all the support you guys give me each and every week. All right, well, let's get into the Sunday games now. And it all kicks off at 4 p.m. That's right, 4.05 p.m. They're not doing the 2 o'clock games to start the season, but I'm sure they'll come into effect um, a little bit later on. But it's the Eels versus the Gold Coast Titans. And... Parramatta, got a lot of pressure on them to perform this year. I mean, a lot of these fans out there are predicting that this could be the the end of the 36-year premiership drought, and there's so much expectation on the club, and you just hope they can come out and deliver. Um, They've named a pretty uh, familiar side, we're we're used to. Bailey Simpson will make his debut for the club on the wing. Panisi and Russell coming to the side, which is good for him as well. But the crux of this team remains the same. You've got Guffo, Brian, Moses, Marnie, Papalihi, Madison, Junior, Paulo, Campbell, Gillard, all your familiar faces. And that means trouble for the Gold Coast Titans because the Eels won nine of their opening 10 games last year. And I think that they're determined to make sure that it's an even better year this year. And I think their forward pack is really primed and ready to go. I mean, I'm, I think Paula and Campbell Gillard, the reputation they've got over the past couple of years, I just think that there's going to be big things in their future, and I would be very surprised if both players aren't playing for New South Wales this year, including Campbell Gillard, who hasn't been in the side for a couple of years. But um, Nathan Brown apparently recovered from a bit of an injury, so they've named Jacob R from the bench. But as I mentioned, it's a pretty similar side. Um, the Eels have got all the kind of pieces together. Their, their squad's pretty set, and they're ready to make a real dent into this competition. They're versing a Gold Coast Titans side that's, you know, surprised everybody when they made the finals last year, and there's some changes to them this year. Campbell, Brimson, and Sexton are going to kind of make up, and Aaron Clark, they're going to make up the new look spine, but really all eyes are going to be on them, but the forward pack is going to happen. Aim up to this Parramatta forward pack. You need Fodawaka, Isaac Liu, Fafita, Big Tino to really step up and... Um, and not let Parramatta bully them. And I think for Fida, this is a real chance to show him his, what he's worth um, against you know a, a heavyweight contender of this competition. He's great against teams that are weaker than the Titans, but he needs to prove it week in and week out. And I think him and the new captain in Big Tino 
Um, I think it's their responsibility to really get the Gold Coast Titans up for this game and give Brimson and Sexton uh, their space that they need to work to uh, to play their natural game because it's their first game in the NRL together as Haas combination. Brimson, of course, is a traditional fullback, so we'll see how he makes the move. I think he's going to be doing a lot of running, and Sexton is going to have a lot of the responsibility on his shoulders to organise the game and you know, have that game-managing mentality. So it'll be interesting to see how the Titans go. Um, I've got big raps on the Eels this year, and I think they're out for success. The Titans, um, it's going to be a big season for them to see how they react to surprisingly making the finals last year. I think they're going to be up in a lot of contests uh, this year, but I don't think this is one of them. I think it's all going to be one-way traffic. I think the Eels are going to be too strong in this game. I've got the Eels by 20 points uh, to start their season. I think it's going to be a very successful season for the Parramatta Eels. All right, which leads us to the final game of the week. And if you're going to miss one game of the round, to, oh, they're all exciting round one, but if you're going to miss one, miss this one. It's uh, And again, that, that might be disrespect meant to these teams. It's the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Canterbury Bulldogs from 6.15 on Sunday night from Queensland Country Bank Stadium, which I'm glad it's been used again because it hasn't been used enough since it opened a few years ago to... Very good-looking stadium up there, and, um, you know, hopefully I can get up there one day and check out a game live, but it'd be good to see that stadium get used, but let's be honest, these two teams, the 15th versus 16th of last year to start the season this year, and plenty of both teams hope that each of them have plenty of improvement in them. The Cowboys, they've got some new recruits on board. Chad Townsend comes over, and he's going to be the new half combination with Tom Dearden. It'll be interesting to see how those two combined. The Hammer. Uh, Tobias Fado has gone back to fullback this year. Holmes, the money man, the man that's on $750,000 a year, has found himself shifted out there to the centres. Um, and Jason Tamalolo leads a uh, an inexperienced fullback featuring the likes of Lukey, Nanai, and Tanoa Brown. And I think the onus is going to be on Tamalolo to have a really big season. Um, apparently, he's going to play a little more minutes if you believe the uh, hype around him and his coach, and they want to make him as influential as possible. But looking at this team and comparing it to other teams, looking at this lineup on paper anyway, comparing it to other teams in the NRL, they need Tom Lolo to have a big season because, um, I mean, there's some players that are real hard workers there, guys, guys like Cotter and, and McLean and, and Dunn and and guys like Reese Robson as well, underrated players, but they just don't have the staff here that other teams have. And they're versing a Bulldogs team that basically all they've done this in the postseason and the end of last year is buy star power. I mean, they brought a whole new side almost. They've got guys like Dufty playing his first game for the club, Matt Burden, um, Paul Vaughan, Tevita Pengai Jr., Brent Naden, Braden Burns, Josh Adokar as well. They've just brought a whole new side and are really trying to change the culture that Trent Barrett. There's already been reports that the club's at a bit of unrest and, you know, that their training regimen's a lot different to other teams, if you believe in RL360 and Phil Rothfield. And, you know, it could be troubling signs up there for the Bulldogs. I think they're going to improve big time in 2022, but based on their trial forms, it wasn't very impressive. They played the same kind of style as football as they did last year. And I think that for Trent Barrett, he's pretty much going to blow everything up and start again. And, um... And really find a way to get the best out of Matt Burden at his new club. He doesn't have the Penrith environment around him anymore. It's his club to lead. I think he will love that opportunity burden because he's such a promising young footballer. I mean, he had a great year last year, but I think his game management is good. Um, his combination with Avarillo, we'll see how it goes. Avarillo is a little bit of a um, 
wild wild card pick at halfback because it looks like no one's really stepped up and cemented their spot in the 17 at halfback. I mean, you've got him, Flanagan, um, Wakeham, a few other players that could all be considered for that halfback position. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the Bulldogs go. Their forward pack's going to have to uh, make a statement early on considering how much, how much star power is in it. Like Jackson, Thompson, Vaughan, Heverington, Tavita Pengai Jr. to physically imposing forward pack. But... Uh, and they're not going to find, I don't want to say easier, but they're not going to find a more inexperienced fort pack to go against. So you've got to just hope that the Bulldogs can get over the top of the Cowboys early in this contest. Otherwise, it's bad signs for the year. You could have a really long season ahead of you for the Bulldogs. So I hope they can all get it together. Um, as I said, this is probably the least exciting game of the week. I just don't know where the Cowboys are scoring all their points. I mean, the Hammer of Holmes, they've got some, and Kyle Felt, they've got some exciting guys out there, but. Deed and Townsend, they're not going to be able to do much if their forward pack doesn't get a roll on. And while there's some good and hard work in there, I just don't know if they've got the meters in them to really compete with anyone in the NRL at the moment. So the Bulldogs, as I said, they've they haven't looked good in the trials. They are they're going to take a while to gel, but I still expect them to beat this Cowboys team. I've got the Bulldogs by six, but this game could go either way because both these teams are going to take a while to. Uh, really discover what teams they want to go be leading into the future and how, the, how both sides are going to operate. Um, the promising thing about the Cowboys is they've got a bunch of youth playing and um, you know we don't know what they're capable of. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs have got all these stars, but we don't know how they're going to play together. So it'll be an interesting contest. A concept, uh, contest. It'll be an interesting uh, kind of merger of both those those philosophies of buying a new team and, and giving the young guys an opportunity. But I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by six points and getting a win to start their season, which they have not had a win to start their season for a very long time. All right, so those are my tips for round one of the 2022 Telstra Premiership. We're less than two days away from the start of it. As I mentioned, I put all those season previews up, so please go check them out if you want to know my opinions on any of these teams heading into their first game of the season. But to recap my tips, I've got the Penrith Panthers beating the Manly Seagulls. I've got the Raiders upsetting the Sharks. The Rabbitohs too good against the Broncos. The Roosters destroying the Newcastle Knights. The Dragons starting their year in a positive note against the New Zealand Warriors. The Storm um, winning a tough game against the Tigers. The Eels cruising through the Titans. And the Bulldogs getting a rear win um, to start their season against the North Queensland Cowboys. So those are my tips for round one. Going over to my super coach, and it's a big week for super coach. Everybody's trying to get their teams together. They've looked at the round one team list, and it's all about the movement in the sides this week. I'm going to pick two people to buy every week, and it's tough because it's round one. But I think if you've got two guys you must have in your squad to start the year, I'm going no further than James Tedesco and Payne Haas. I think those are two crucial components to any side. I think every team needs them, and I think that. Tedesco is going to have a huge season at the Roosters, and Payne Haas is one of the hardest working players in the NRL. So I think both of those men are, com- are key components to any successful Supercoach side, and I think it will continue in 2022. All right, moving on to Steve's bets of the week now. and um, I've done a lot of podcasts, and today so I'm getting exhausted. I haven't looked at my bets, but uh, one thing I want to say is that I think there's value regardless of when you want to go if we're going to go to tab i think there's value in the cronulla care uh, the cronulla raiders game of either team to win by under six and a half points i think that one's paying like a dollar sixty a dollar seventy so i'd get on that 
But if I'm going to go a multi for the week, and I think everybody, I think I'm going to put twenty dollars on this, and I think if you're going to follow me at anything, let's uh, let's follow me on this. I'm going to go the Roosters thirteen plus against the Newcastle Knights at a dollar eighty. In with the Dragons to beat the Warriors um, at a dollar eighty-four. That gives you three dollars thirty. I think it's worth a twenty. I think those two things are. A pretty good bets to start your season. I don't think you can go wrong with those ones. All right, well, that was Steve's NRL Footy Tips for round one. Thank you guys for listening. As I mentioned, please go like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook to stay notified of all the latest updates. I'm excited to be back for 2022. And, I mean, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited that you guys still care enough um, for me to record this podcast each and every week. And uh, your support means the world to me. And um, I'll see you guys next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. I hope you guys enjoy your first week of rugby league this year. Can't wait to get into it.